Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Daily Money Show. My name is Kent Brown, co-founder here at Granger & Brown. This is the Daily Money Show for Tuesday, August 4th, 2020. And on this podcast, we talk about anything and everything to do with the world of money, but we educate you as well because finance, economics, investments can be extremely confusing and people just don't have time to figure those things out. That's where this show comes in. We take that confusing world, simplify it so that you feel more empowered because you become more knowledgeable. And with that knowledge, you can make better decisions with your money. Now, you can get the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, and TuneIn Radio. Just search for The Daily Money Show. You can follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. Most articles I talk about will be posted there. Again, just search for The Daily Money Show while you're on one of our pages. Like and follow us if you would. On today's episode, we're going to talk about a problem lurking underneath the economy. All right, but before we do that, let's jump into the markets real quick. The S&P 500 finished today over 3,300. It finished at 3,306. It was up positive 0.36%. It's down roughly 2% from its recent all-time high. So S&P getting close. It's only 80 points away from its recent all-time high back in February 19th at 33.86. So today at 33.06, the Dow finished positive 0.62% to 26... uh, Ooh, I might have that wrong. Let me make sure I got that updated. The Dow finished positive uh, 0.62% to 26.828. It is down roughly 9% still from its recent all-time high. And we got the NASDAQ... The overachiever, uh, new all-time high today in the NASDAQ, 10,941, positive 0.35%. And uh, again, that is a new all-time high in the NASDAQ. All right. Um, As far as my position, I am currently short an ETF that follows small or tracks small cap stocks. All right. So let's jump into the economy or the article. Um, article, the episode, and uh, we're going to talk about a problem lurking underneath the economy, and uh, and we're going to cover what's called liquidity for businesses. Now, as a business owner, there is one thing that you have to have coming through the door, and that is revenue. You need traffic. You need people spending money at your business. If you have enough revenue to cover your expenses and payroll, including your own salary as a business owner, then you can live to fight another day, right? If your revenue begins to slow down or even stop, and you want to try to survive to fight another day, then you need access to liquidity. You need access to money to bridge that gap in from the point of where revenue slowed down or stopped to the point where revenue picks back up again. Now, that liquidity, that might be savings in a business account or it might be the owner, uh, personal savings contributed to the business or whatever savings that he has access to or she has access to, um, or that could be access to credit alone through a bank or lending institution. Now, what happens when the economy gets bad and people stop spending as much money? Well, revenues can dry up for businesses. So, 
either business owners have to tap their savings or they have to try to access credit somehow. Uh, But here's the big problem. This is actually from the Federal Reserve's website. It's uh, the July 2020 Senior Loan Officer Opinion Survey on Bank Lending Practices. All right, so uh, what I'm looking at right now and uh, what I've got in front of me is a, a graph of respondents or lending institutions as far as uh, tightening standards for businesses applying for loans, meaning making it harder for businesses to get access to liquidity. All right. And where we are right now, according to the chart, is we're almost at levels seen during the 2008 crisis. All right. This is the net percentage of domestic respondents tightening standards for commercial and industrial loans. And it's got a graph, a line for large and middle market firms and also loans to small firms. And as far as tightening standards, it's now up close to 80% or the net percent close to 80. And in 2008, it looks like it might have gotten above 80 just a little bit, but we're above the 2000 recession as of right now or as of when this survey or when this uh, uh, data was put together. So as far as now, banks making it harder, tightening standards for businesses to get access to liquidity. And then here's what it says in the Fed report. This is from the actual website on the report. Uh, Over the second quarter, major net shares of banks reported having tightened standards for commercial and industrial loans to both large and middle market firms and to small firms. This isn't good as it's harder for businesses trying to get access to liquidity to credit. And if they can't get access and their revenues are down, right, that can lead to job losses and permanent business closures. So, this might be while why we're seeing a headline like the one that we saw or that was out today. This is on Fox Business titled Small Businesses Beg Congress for PPP Renewal Before Wave of Permanent Closures. This is from today, uh, foxbusiness.com. And uh, here's from the article. In a letter to congressional leaders Monday, over 100 CEOs warned Their lifeline is coming to an end, referring to the nearly $520 billion or billion worth of loans from the Small Business Administration earlier in the pandemic. Now, I'm going to read a few parts of the actual letter that was sent. If you want to read the letter that was sent, uh, there's a link in the Fox Business article. Uh, But here's, here's a couple of parts. Here's the first part. Although our country is in the process of reopening, it is hardly a return to normal and many businesses may be required to close again. Most small businesses don't have enough cash in the bank to weather more months of reduced revenue and customer traffic. To survive until a vaccine is widely available, millions of small businesses will require longer-term support from the federal government. All right, so 
they say it right there. Most small businesses don't have enough cash to weather more months of reduced revenue, right? As far as whether it's local restrictions on the businesses or whether it's fear of people going out with the virus. Um, and it millions of small businesses, it says, will require longer-term support from the federal government. So here's another part of the letter. We cannot stress enough the urgent need to act. Every day that passes without a comprehensive recovery program, uh, or excuse me, every day that passes without a comprehensive recovery program makes recovery more difficult. By Labor Day, we foresee a wave of permanent closures if the right steps are not taken soon. Tens of millions of Americans have already lost their jobs in this pandemic. Allowing small businesses to fail will turn temporary job losses into permanent ones. By year end, the domino effect of lost jobs, as well as the lost services and lost products that small businesses provide, could be catastrophic. All right, in the letter, they're advocating for something more basically comprehensive than the PPP program. Uh, Here's another part. While the Paycheck Protection Program, PPP, has provided short-term relief for many, that lifeline is coming to an end. Another round of PPP would certainly be helpful for many of these businesses, but the hardest-hit sectors will need much more significant and sustained support. All right, so this is the difficult problem we face right now. The the PPP program was over a half a trillion dollars by itself, 520 billion or whatever. Something more significant, right? I mean, along with let's just say that there was another PPP program and something more significant like it says, but the hardest hit sectors here in the letter will need much more significant and sustained support. So something like that might run up in the trillion dollar range. And that's just by itself. That's not including unemployment. If if they extend the 600 bucks a week or if it's 400 bucks a week, doesn't include stimulus checks going out. It doesn't include any other monies for healthcare or reopening education or what or whatever in the new bill, right? So that's this could be a problem right now uh, as far as if there isn't something in there to support small business, then where are small businesses going to go to get access to liquidity? I mean, if banks aren't providing loans or credit and the government doesn't provide a program, then and revenues continue to stay down, if not disappear, then what, what's going to happen? I mean, that just leads to closures and permanent businesses closing down. And as they say in the letter... It could be, I'll use their word, catastrophic. All right, so I don't know if they're going to pass something that large for small business in the bill. Uh, And unfortunately, we could be looking at a longer recovery with more and more permanent closures of small business because they just can't get access to liquidity and survive long enough for traffic to pick up or for people to spend money as they were spending or as money was being spent pre-virus time frame. Now, how important is small business to our economy? 
All right. Should we, if we just, if a bunch of small businesses fail, what would that mean? Well, in the letter, they, they say it right here, small business employees, or excuse me, employs almost half of all private workers in the U S and it's 44% of GDP. All right. So we'll see what happens on that front regarding the bill. And we'll see what happens as we go forward in the next couple of months. But uh, regarding jobs and small business, we've got I've got another article here from today. This is CNBC uh, titled Paychecks CEO says small business employment is starting to look like April again. All right. So Paychecks is a payroll processing company. All right. They work with small business. Meaning if you're a small business owner, you would use a company like Paychex to process your payroll. So Paychex would take the money out of your account, then they would direct deposit into your employees' accounts, provide statements, uh, that kind of stuff. So here's a little bit from the article. Paychex CEO Martin Musi told CNBC on Tuesday that small business employment is failing again and is becoming as precarious as during the beginning of the U.S. coronavirus crisis. Uh, quote, we saw the July jobs index drop, UC said on Squawk Box. That puts us back to about April, so we're flat over the last three months. Basically, basically meaning people were hired and then let it laid off again. And now we're back to basically where we were flat over the last three months. So here's another part from, uh, from that CEO of paychecks. Musi said, it's clear what small businesses need from the stimulus plan right now. They're really looking for more loans. He said, they're not at a point where they can survive without the loans. So if that speaks to where our economy is, they're not at the point, he says, where they can survive without the loans, meaning revenues aren't coming in without, and if there's no liquidity provided, so banks are not, if they're not lending to small business, and if the government doesn't provide any type of program again, uh, where are these small business owners going to go to get liquidity? And if we start, and as far as people that are unemployed, uh, where are they going to go for jobs if small business represents almost half of private workers in this in this country? So let's just say that we don't have a vaccine available until January 2021. And let's say the virus continues to give us problems into December with continued restrictions via local governments. What are small business going to do in that time frame? Like, how are they going to survive with reduced revenues or revenues that are not coming in? And and as far as, again, people unemployed, where are they going to go? So you can see this problem unfolding, potentially leading to uh, some a bigger problem, uh, also maybe a much slower recovery than anticipated. Um, we'll keep you updated as we go along. That is all we've got for today. We'll talk to you again on Friday. And as always, bad debt equals lots of regret. Bye now. All information and materials discussed on this podcast are for educational purposes only. Opinions expressed on this podcast are based on information considered reliable, but Granger and Brown cannot guarantee the accuracy of the information, nor should it be relied upon. 
The host is an active trader who may be invested in securities or investments discussed on this program in which he may take long or short positions. Also, the host's trading may be short-term in nature, and positions disclosed should not be taken as investment advice nor recommendation to buy or sell any securities or investments. The information discussed on this podcast should not be used as a recommendation to buy or sell any securities or investments or taken as investment advice. There could be real risk of loss by following any opinions or investment strategy discussed on this podcast as prices regarding securities or investments may rise or fall dramatically depending on the market environment. Current or past performance is no guarantee of future results. Investments or securities discussed on this podcast may not be suitable for any individual's situation. Individuals should seek advice from a licensed investment professional or professionals regarding their own personal investment situation, time horizon, or needs. Returns and information in this podcast are estimates only and might not be exact. There are risks when investing in real estate, including liquidity risk, in which the sale of your real estate purchase could take a prolonged amount of time. Also, if you choose to sell your real estate purchase, you might have to sell it for less than what you originally paid. There are also risks and possible tax consequences associated with investing in real estate inside an IRA. Granger & Brown Investments is not a registered investment advisor or broker-dealer. Granger & Brown Investments is not an accounting firm and does not give tax advice regarding any security or any real estate transaction. You may want to consult with an accountant, attorney, real estate agent, or financial advisor before proceeding with any transaction regarding securities or real estate.